0: And this morning, we have the pleasure of our worship pastor, Mike Eller, to deliver us the sermons today. Well, let's welcome Mike. Thank you, Mary. I don't know about you, but I love hearing the voices of children in the worship space. It's a beautiful treat this morning, and just an honor to be able to dedicate those precious little girls. Well, here is one of the most intriguing questions. And science today. Is there an alternate reality? Some have speculated about the existence of a parallel universe, what is known in science as multiverse theory. Maybe you've heard of this. This isn't the world of Star Trek or Marvel's Spider-Verse. Theoretical physicists say that maybe our universe, as unbelievably big as it is, is is not the only universe that exists, which is just mind-blowing to me to even think about. And we'll put our feet back on the ground in a minute, but I want you to think with me about our cosmos. Last year, the image on the screen will show the James Webb Space Telescope, which gave us the deepest and sharpest image of the distant universe so far. And the image revealed thousands of colorful clustered galaxies, many being observed even if faintly for the very first time. And I just say, yay science, what a treat, what a gift we've been given. And for perspective, they say that this image when held at arm's length is just a grain of sand, a tiny sliver in the sky so that when you extrapolate it out, scientists now believe that there's anywhere between six and 20 trillion galaxies in the observable universe. Anybody feeling small yet? That puts our universe, they say, now at 92 billion light years in diameter. I have to admit that when they start using uh, light years as a form of measurement instead of miles and kilometers, My brain just immediately short circuits. And to go a little further, physicist Brian Greene in his book The Hidden Reality claims that our universe is so expansive that at some point matter can only arrange itself in so many patterns before it starts to repeat those arrangements in similar ways. He said it's sort of like taking a deck of cards. There are only a finite number of ways that you can order that deck. And if you shuffle enough times, you'll eventually start to repeat those same patterns and orderings. And this has led some to believe that there's the possibility of alternate realities that run parallel to ours and that we can even access to some level. And I think that's where things get a little more interesting if your brain isn't already fried. This means that maybe an alternate version of yourself exists in another universe. Now, that either sounds like good news to you or bad news, but don't ask the person sitting next to you. So, the next time you wish you were a little different or someone else would just change their ways, maybe in another universe there is another version of yourself or them as well. Now, who thought you'd get a science lesson coming to church this morning, right? But I'm fascinated by big questions like these. And the reason I was feeling existential this week is this core Christian claim that isn't too dissimilar from those that scientists are making. It is this understanding of a hidden reality. The world we see or that we experience with our senses is not the only reality there is. We may use different language to label it. We call it the realm of the spiritual or the heavenly realm or the life of the spirit or sometimes simply faith. And Jesus called it the kingdom of God. We read in Luke, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. I like that verse a lot. And I think something important to note here is that Jesus talks about this reality in non-linear terms. In fact, he was challenging this idea that God's reality is something that will one day happen to us in the distant future or break into our earthly timeline. He says, no, it's not something that we can observe in that way. He locates it among us. I was thinking to myself, if you were trying to build an earthly empire, by the way, if you're trying to do that through victory and might, you might not make that accessible to everyone. You then kind of lose that secret weapon that your tribe has alone. But Jesus does that very thing. He says the kingdom of God is among you. And scholars here tell us that he wasn't just pointing to a far-off reality, but he was manifesting it in their very midst so that if the spiritual realm had remained largely unseen until that time, Jesus put flesh on it and he made it visible to us. In another place, if you'll remember, Jesus says, I am the image of the invisible God. And it seemed like we needed a physical visual representation because we, that is humanity, were completely whiffing on the ways of God. I mean, if you spend any time in the Old Testament, People could have benefited from some WWJD bracelets, in my opinion. What would Jesus do? You see, from the beginning, if all we could do was sense what God was up to when it came to the marginalized and the outcasts, if we could only just give our best guess as to how God wanted us to be relationship with those that society deemed lowly, well, Jesus came into the world as a poor, brown-skinned refugee, an immigrant, amidst a scandalous family situation to make the upside-down ways of God a visible reality. And if if humanity could only assume that those who won in battle and carried a higher social status meant that God blessed them, well, Jesus imprinted on our collective mind the ways of God when He rode into Jerusalem. You remember this? The biggest stage of all? straddling a lowly donkey, not a stallion of war, but a beast of burden, and maybe we were starting to understand. If we were still figuring out the unseen radical nature of love, well, Jesus fleshed it out for us by putting himself on a cross and even forgiving his enemies. He was manifesting a hidden reality. I think the the Apostle Paul, along with these multiverse theorists, believe also in a parallel reality that can radically alter the world that we experience daily. See, Paul states it this way. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. We look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. And so we have this great paradox flesh against spirit, the temporal against the eternal. And for Paul, this reality of the spirit wasn't just among us, but was what? Within us. So that when we experience this world with our earthly, fleshly senses, what we see is a reality of deterioration, wasting away, and breaking down and limitations and impossibility. But to counter that, there is the kingdom of God within us, which is a message of daily renewal, as Paul says, of endless possibility. But we could only speculate about this without any proof, yet many give us the evidence. Not too far from here, There's someone with a terminal illness. And instead of collapsing in on herself under the weight of her impossible situation, she finds this daily vigor with whatever strength she has left to serve those around her instead. Someone else's lot in life seemingly affords them a free path to cynicism and selfishness, but instead they choose to give of themselves to make the lives of their neighbors better. Not too far from here, there's an elderly person who achingly gets out of bed in the morning with deteriorating health and somehow musters almost a youthful energy to serve in a soup kitchen and pass out bags of groceries to her community. There's an incarcerated person who has no real reason to cling to hope for a normal life but serves their inmates and the security guards through simple acts of service. There's a well-to-do, middle-class person who has made it in life, yet instead of hoarding his resources, chooses to give away what he has rightfully earned for himself. There's a dark-skinned teenage girl who almost daily endures the demeaning labels and expectations of her world, yet believes that inner voice which drowns out all the rest, that she is indeed beautiful and she is bold and brave. And not too far from here, there's a single mom whose life didn't quite go according to plan, but taps into a hidden wellspring to be able to give her the kids that she never had growing up and holds down multiple jobs. You see, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. And it makes me wonder how we're doing with this here. Could it be said of us that we are allowing this inner unseen reality of Christ to transform our fleshly reality? Do we become fixated on only that which is wasting away or are we drawing daily from a life-giving source of hope and possibility? Now, I realize this is risky uh, because I've already waxed scientific but hopefully not sounding too nerdy this morning, I want to borrow a metaphor from technology to make an important point. So I was gifted a VR virtual reality headset uh, some months ago. I don't know if any of you have tapped into the virtual world, but it's been quite a fun thing to do, Uh, playing tennis with somebody in the UK or exploring a magical, mystical world from my own living room. And we we know all about VR in our day. This mind-blowing technology enables us to experience worlds that aren't really there, and for many, it is a form of escape. But mixed reality, MR, is the future. These devices allow you to see your world as it is, but overlaid with the virtual so as to enhance what you are seeing. And I think it won't be long until we're all using MR glasses like we're using iPhones these days you'll be able to put these on and and walk down the sidewalk with a wealth of information kind of superimposed on what you're seeing google maps and notifications and information popping up and i think that's a little bit like what paul is trying to get us to understand in this life of the spirit this reality For those that tap into the realm of God, they are not unaware of their situation or the condition of the world around them, nor are they trying to necessarily escape it. That which is seen is instead transformed and even elevated by what is unseen. It's like mixed reality. They experience their finite world with the values of the kingdom of God superimposed over it so that I see that in this paradox of flesh and spirit, there is a choice, and it's a daily choice between fear and faith, between outer vices and inner liberation, between othering and affirmation and celebration, between self-centeredness and love, between impossibility and possibility, between despair and hope, and the list goes on. We have this choice to make, and I think the question is, which version of you are you living out of? Shifting back to the cosmos for just a second, multiverse theory is just that, it's a theory. And scientists have labored to find proof of an alternate reality, but really there is zero evidence to show that one exists. We can only speculate about it through art and imagination. And so also, the kingdom of God is merely a theory apart from it being manifested in our lives and so in the world. I saw this quote making its way around social media this week. It says, it's hard to convince people that a God they can't see loves them when a church they can see doesn't seem to like them. Did you see that? I think that's profound. How will we make visible this hidden reality? I'm not really one to read too much into what I call spooky spiritual moments, but I had an experience this week I wanted to share. I was sitting in a coffee shop on the Upper West Side in South Harlem this week working on this sermon. And in the midst of having these ideas and these thoughts about this alternate reality, on this speaker started playing Belinda Carlyle's Heaven is a Place on Earth. And just as I kind of drew my attention to that old song and trying to recall some of the lyrics that were uh, blaring on the speakers, I noticed for the first time the barista's shirt. It was this red shirt with white bold letters that said, Yes, and. And I thought to myself, that's really my sermon in a nutshell. You see, the way I see it, we live in this paradox of an outer fleshly nature that is wasting away, yes, yes, And there is an inner reality of life, of abundance, of hope and possibility. And so the question becomes for us whether or not we will let the seen be transformed by the unseen, letting heaven be a place on earth. And my friends, that's that's my prayer for you today. That's my prayer for myself. And so I say, may it be so. Let's pray together. God, we are surrounded by a world that is in need of light and love and hope. And we sometimes get so fixated on what we are seeing that we forget a parallel reality of what you have already claimed over us. Hope and possibility, unending love, Equality, affirmation, celebration, bravery. And we want to claim these as gifts. So even as we move into a new season and we wind down this year, 2023, we want to let what is unseen overwhelm what is seen. Not such that we escape it, not that we are not aware of our surroundings or our situations in life but such that we can access a wellspring that you have birthed in all of us that just gets covered over by so many other things. So lead us in the life of your spirit that we might transform not just ourselves but the world around us. And so it it sends us forth even as we ourselves are changed. We just pray, God, that you would bless us in this time, this, this short hour that we have together to celebrate community, to celebrate each other. We thank you for the gift of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen. amen.